Welcome to Critical Thinking for Everyone! Hi everyone, I hope that made you feel very welcome. Oh yeah, we want you to feel welcome. We've got uh, 59 minutes of this business, right? I mean, 59 minutes of talking about thinking and analysis of thinking and i guess there's i'm i'm told there's a quiz going on it's a today. really fun quiz uh-huh uh-huh so uh, i'm brian barnes it's critical thinking for everyone we're on 106.5 fm wfmp lp forward radio louisville kentucky and you very nice i am patty payette and i am the co-star hmm. of this fine Radio show to the slash extent podcast. That there are, to the extent that there are stars. To the extent that there are stars. Yeah, I'd say you're, right. you're right in there being one of those. Shiny. Yeah. I'm shiny oh, and yeah. bright. I mean, there's no question. And well, speaking of shiny and bright. Yes. Look for our YouTube. Uh, Version what? of the show? Yeah, I guess in the future. I was so funny. You read my mind as yeah. you typically do. That's critical thinking for you, friends. You read yeah. my mind. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking before the show, like, hey, we got to do a video version of this show. How about we make a commitment to doing that in August? Yeah, I think we will. Does that sound good? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Does that sound really good? And, okay, so folks who are new or folks who are coming back, I just want to do a quick roundup and also for the benefit of my co wonderful co-host, Brian Barnes here, here of some of the teasers that we put out there that we really need to follow through for future shows. One of them, A, we we're going to do a video show. Yep, yep, we're going to do a video Number show. Number two, we we're going to bring back Brian's dad, Larry. Yep. Now, what would we have Larry talk about? Critical thinking. Okay, critical thinking. I don't know if he knows any, that much about <laughs> that per se. <laughs> He's just super entertaining and fun and not such a nice guy. And and he t- when he, we did that interview about his journalism background, it was fascinating. Well, you know, I mean, he likes all kinds of things about Louisville. And so we could always bring him on to talk about something that was Louisville related, especially if we wanted to do some history stuff. I love that idea. Okay, so that's another show we mm-hmm. can do. Mm-hmm. Um, we definitely have some colleagues that we want to bring back. We Cynthia Gano, we want to bring her on oh, the show, sure, right? Sure, here sure. from she's a faculty member here at U of L and mm-hmm. a board member at mm-hmm. Forward Radio. Teaches some really interesting and in her expertise some really interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. She's a sociologist. Uh, we also you might not remember this. We were going to bring back Andreas, your colleague Andreas uh-huh. El Paduro. Uh-huh. He has a book right. that he released, I believe it was during the pandemic. We need to bring him back, okay. Okay. a book related to thinking. Boredom, <laughs> isn't it? Isn't that <laughs> Yeah. No, that's not Brian's review of his book. No, that no. Is... That's, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's our topic. <laughs> that's the topic of his book. And we've got the captain of the station, Retro Forward. Bob, yes, Bob Klein. So we have a really penalty, penalty. Sure. Panoply. Panoply. A cornucopia. Panoply is uh-huh. the word I was looking for. Uh-huh. Of juicy topics and guests to bring into our. When you show. say it like that, you sound like a vampire. Mm, mm, I don't know what you mean. She's not disputing it. <laughs> Um, now, next week, I will be on vacay, so Brian will be needing to tap dance uh, solo on the I show. Will, I will be able to find a way. Yeah, uh-huh. maybe. I really don't want you to bring Larry in next week because I do not want to miss that one. Okay. All right. So, we'll save Larry, but I'll save find Larry. something. You'll find something. Yeah, you'll mm-hmm. pull something out of your rabbit hat, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So, um, all right. But this show, once a year, I give Brian a quiz. It's more than once a year. No, it's honestly, not. Honestly, honestly, no, there's already been one quiz this year. Why 
What? Yeah. What's the quiz this year? Like Socrates or Sotomayor or something like that. What was that? (laughs) That Something like that. Okay, I dispute your timing. But anyway, anyway, I occasionally bring a quiz for Brian. And and let's just talk about the purposes of these quiz. Number one, it's to have fun. Yeah. That's that's fun, right? Mm-hmm. To have fun. But number two, here's one of the things that I have found with the quizzes. When I give a quote and you have to guess who of the two people, like uh-huh. Spock or Socrates, uh-huh. you said Sotomayor and Socrates. <laughs> that's actually a good idea for quiz. I think I thought we already did that. Yeah. I feel like we've, we've we did covered Spock. this. We did anyway. who said it, Spock or Socrates. All the yes names run together. Yeah, and then we did another who said it with Brian Tracy or... Oh. Aristotle. Aristotle. Yeah. Wow. And you know what today's is? Drum roll. No, it, but it's a... Plato or Bono? <laughs> <laughs> How do you think you're going to do? Plato or Bono. Or Bono. Who said it? Plato uh, or Bono. Okay, well, I mean, <laughs> it'll definitely tap into two to two uh, long-standing parts of Brian. We'll see. Really? Are you a U2 fan? I have I have consumed a huge amount of U2. Why didn't I seriously pick this and only because the name sounds like similar to Play-Doh. <laughs> I did not pick it. I didn't think well, you were a U2 fan. Well, I don't know. I mean, like, I haven't been a U2 fan probably since, you know, my son's been alive or something. So, I mean, I don't know that you're this a, is really contemporary. Okay, so, but I'm curious, why would you, what is it about that you liked about you two? Oh, when I would go to the parties in college, yeah. they would play it. That's, oh, I see. So you have an association with, like, listening to you two and, like, you know, cheap beer and, like, raucous laughs. Uh, they, yeah, this kind of thing. I mean, a lot of, you know, a lot of U2 albums in, you know, early U2 albums came out when I was in college. Uh. And so it was like, hey, listen to this. And it was like, whoa, <laughs> I've never heard that before. You know, it kind takes of you back. Here, have a drink. You know, so, yeah, yeah, good times. Okay. So, well, it w- was going to be Plato or or Pooh. Now, Pooh. <laughs> now, Pooh, I know, I know quite a bit about. Wait a minute. What are you talking about? <laughs> Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh. I know quite a bit about Winnie the well, Pooh as well. But I, I, I started to put that quiz together, and I was like, eh. It's okay. Well, you know, mm. I mean, you have to enjoy putting the quiz together. That's part That's of the important. fun. Yeah. So the other reason I like doing quizzes is, one, they're fun, and it's always – and one, I love putting Brian on the spot. Mm. I just enjoy that part of it, putting Brian <laughs> sure, on the spot. We all sure. love putting Brian on the spot. I don't know it's if fun. everyone – is it? Okay. I, we do. We have fun. The rest yeah. of us have fun. Do you enjoy it? All right. Oh, it's um, – yeah, sure. <laughs> it's good on the radio for sure. Exactly. Uh-huh. Makes good radio. Sure, sure. The third reason is because when we talk about the quotes, you typically have some good insight and it's fun to to, to kick them around and, and figure out like why would Plato say this? Hmm. Or Bono. Yeah. Yeah. Well Bono, I mean right. I think I already know why in just about every case. But Really? Yeah, well, we'll, we'll check your assumptions on this. We today. definitely will. I don't know. What are you are you a are you a big U two fan? I would not say I'm a big U2 fan. I'm okay. not, I'm not, I'm not, I don't dislike them, but I'm, yeah, okay. not a huge fan. All right. So. So, all right. Well, here we I'm are. I'm a little more neutral. So, them. so is this related to a larger critical thinking point or is this just, yes. oh, okay. Okay. I didn't know <laughs> if this was just like your way of going out the door with the smile on people's faces or That's whatever. part of it. Yeah, I got one on vacation. Let's part do a quiz. <laughs> you know. Let's do a quiz. All right. Well, here's my thinking. Okay. Okay. Sometimes by sharing a quote, 
Because okay. that's how we do this, folks. I, I share a quote, and Brian has to guess who guessed, who said it, mm-hmm. right? Who is this a quote attributed to, mm-hmm. Plato or Bono? Mm-hmm. And by doing that, it we enter into philosophical thought through a side door, uh, through the quote, and yeah. then kind of peeling it back versus the other way around, which is usually a very long way around. Well, one thing, and one thing that we want to be careful of, and you all can check us on this um, by sending us a note to Critical Thinking for Everyone through Facebook. Yeah, through Facebook. Um, one thing to keep in mind is that in some cases, maybe we won't know very much about either Plato or Bono, or maybe I won't. So there might be a tendency to just make it up, and so we don't really want to do that. That goes against the spirit of critical thinking. Right. So you can you can call us out if you hear us doing that. Right. The other thing that I like when I give this quiz is when I give the quote, I ask Brian to think aloud mm. about how he's discerning the oh, let's see. Was that be Plato and by thinking aloud you reveal what your no, no, own no, 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 no. process yes. processes sure. which can tell us something about either person right or maybe it tells us more about you probably tells probably tells people <laughs> more about me but i'm supposed to be one of the critical thinking examples on the show i guess and so that there's some usefulness i suppose in that regard if if people are supposed to be like oh well what about critical thinking what about when barnes does critical thinking say like, well it's pretty messy but here's an example exactly so yep. exactly so did we just take all the fun out of the quiz uh, if so, feel Sorry. free to send us a message at Critical okay. Thinking for Everyone on Facebook. Now, we got to do our due diligence first by explaining who Plato was and who Bono was first. So I was letting going to let you talk. I was going to talk a little bit about Bono and then let you talk about Plato, or we could do the other way around. Go ahead. Okay, Bono is, do you know his real name? Mm. Isn't that it? is his showbiz name. What's his uh, birth name? No, not a clue. Paul David Hewson. Okay. You think people still call him that? Uh, I think so. Hmm. When his mom gets mad. Yeah, sure. Paul, David, do uh-huh. not leave your silver jewelry lying around. Oh, man. Do you, think he, do you think he has silver? <laughs> Jeez. It's probably platinum. Yeah. Solid gold. Right, You're right. 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 Anyway, he's, he's from what, what country is he from? Uh, he's from Ireland. Yes, he? he is. Yeah. Born in Dublin. Uh-huh. He um, has been the lead singer of the rock band U2 mm-hmm. since what year? Do you know? Oh, man. U2, 1990? 76. 1976? Yes. Okay, let me go back yes. and rephrase. So some of U2's <laughs> middle albums were playing when I was in college. That's right. My bad. Wow, no, I did yeah. not know 1976. They have won 22 Grammys. Okay. Impressive. Okay. Inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2005. Okay. He's considered an outstanding performer and songwriter. Okay. And he's been praised by world leaders as an accomplished activist due to his powers of persuasion and knowledge of the issues. Seems a little bit vague. Well, I mean, powers he, of persuasion, knowledge of the issue sounds like a critical thinker, right? Well, he's made some uh, international splash over, you know. Humanitarian issues and sweatshops yes, and he has some what sea life and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, it says here he travels extensively to give speeches and lobby politicians. His career as a socially conscious musician has been shaped by childhood experiences in Ireland, as well as volunteer work in Africa and South America. He married his childhood sweetheart, Allie Hewson, in 1982. And he's an accomplished activist. Oh, she is an accomplished activist in her own right. Um, and they they live in Dublin, and they have four kids, 
Bono was nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize in 2003. Did you know that? I think maybe I did know that. For his successful efforts to relieve third world debt and promote AIDS awareness in Africa. Hmm. He received the rank of Chevalier dans l'Ordre de la Légion d'Honneur. Oh, wow. uh, my French is not very good here. Knight in the Order of the Legion of Honor from French President Jacques Chirac hmm. on February 28, 2003. Hmm. So he's an interesting guy. Uh, let's see if Plato can be a match for that. Oh, well, you know, one of the things about Plato is it's a match for everything. Yeah. Well-known, quite malleable, uh, known for its pinkness. No, 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 no. We're talking about the to... philosopher Plato. P-L-A-T-O. Because oh, I was going to say it's quite malleable. It takes the shape of, <laughs> takes on other ideas. <laughs> you so cracking anyway, me yeah. up. So Plato, um, you know, 4th century BCE for the most part of yes. he was living. That's um, a little while ago. long time ago. Socrates' student, Aristotle's teacher, um, one of the big Greeks uh, in terms of philosophy and thinking. They say... It has been said, Alfred North Whitehead said at the turn of the 20th century, that all philosophy is but footnotes to Plato. What, what did he mean by that? He meant that uh, oh, Plato that... really came up with all of the philosophical questions and approaches and concepts wow. at their foundation, and everybody else has just been like a derivative? all that. Yeah. Like a derivative? Of yeah, Pla- wow, that's quite a statement. A lot of people really found that to be... <laughs> Inflammatory? A bit, a bit problematic. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, Plato, you know, once upon a time, it was Plato was one of those characters in philosophy that you just, you you couldn't ignore. Like, you had to respond to Plato because, you know, the first serious, again, philosophical investigation. So, with evidence, with logical process, with an effort to come up with the most uh, justifiable answer, whatever that looks like. Um, Those big investigations, uh, whether it be ethics or aesthetics or, you know, knowledge or reality or whatever, I mean, those, maybe they didn't all start with Plato, but he had the first kind of really systematic approach to all this stuff and, you know, the first university. And so, you know, been Uh, often copied and, hmm. um, yeah, important. Hmm. uh, Well, okay, let's get real. I think of Socrates. He's dead. Let's get real. (laughs) He's dead. We don't need him. Bono's here. Bono wins. (laughs) Done. Okay. So here is my very quick take. Socrates is like the wise old grandfather of philosophy, and I think of Aristotle as the fun uncle. So Plato is kind of the boring guy in the middle. He's like, crash the... (laughs) Like, how do I help me understand the connection here? Okay, okay, I got you. you. (laughs) So Socrates was, um, was a guy who went on a mission from God and gave up all of his stuff... Yeah. And his home so he could walk around Athens and punk people who seemed to be really arrogant. Plato was a young dude, saw that and went, dude, he's roasting everybody. And he got his buddies together. And instead of going to college, they followed Socrates oh. around the streets and bankrolled him so he could continue to punk oh. their dad's friends. Who were arrogant jerks. And rich. Right. So ah. then... 
Athens says, this is enough of the Socrates business. Execute Socrates, Plato goes, uh-oh, and he bails for like a decade, travels a little bit. And he's like writing down all the things he can remember from Socrates? No, no, he's going, he went and studied with um, a different group of thinkers than a place where he thought he could go, you know, do that safely without any repercussions from the anti-Socrates crowd. Right. And when he came back from, from that business, he'd developed his own theory that is it's a little bit about Socrates it's more about these other these other group of folks but all of just about all of Plato's writings use Socrates as an example and as a mouthpiece for some of his ideas and so it's really easy for people to imagine that Plato and Socrates had the same ideas they really don't on a huge oh. number of issues. As far as we know, it's really problematic, though, because Socrates never wrote anything. Right, because isn't it Plato saying this is what Socrates did or said? Right, but the thing is that the thing is that there's a really key idea in Plato, man. And if you need to pull off to the side of the road and take a little nap, I want you to do this <laughs> safely. Okay, if you have to put down the garden hose and sit down before you fall over, because this is so boring. Andreas would have something to say about this. Anyway, if um, so, so there's this one theory that Plato is sort of most famous for. Yeah. Do you know what it is? Is it the cave? Well, the cave is based on this theory. Oh. The cave is an, it's a social uh, okay. application of so this theory. So the cave, the heart of that is the idea of reality. It's a concept about what is reality. Yeah, it has a name, though. Oh, um, is it... Oh, shadow, something. You're in the cave. I'm it's in cool. the cave. It's I'm in cool. the cave, but I'm feeling around and I can't. We're all in the cave. Okay, There's we're nothing all in the to cave. be done about what? it. Yeah. Um, so the theory of the world of the forms. Oh, no. Okay, I wasn't. Yeah. Okay. Well, the world. theory of the world of forms, essentially, it, it says a bunch of stuff, but but one of the, the important thing that it says is that all of this here, all of this Physical is not. Stuff. Everything that we see here is not the most real. It's not the, it's not the most real version of reality. Oh, wow. We are like the shadows on the wall of the cave right. when compared to reality. Got it. Whether Whatever you're looking at, whatever, right. whatever, and ideas are the same. And so he developed that after Socrates' death because it it was it's definitely influenced by this other group that he went and studied with. So he and and there's never any indication of Socrates sort of believing this, oh, okay. right? So most of what Plato wrote when he came back from his self-imposed exile and little right. tour, most of what he wrote has this theory in it. In some way, shape, or form? Yeah. Wow. Explicitly coming out of Socrates' mouth almost every time. And so people go, no. That's not what he was no, saying. No, that's not that's what Socrates not. was doing. So we have about six of these stories out of 70, maybe 60 right. or 70. But uh, half a dozen of these stories that the people who've really looked at this in detail think the, these probably, as, as closely as we're going to get it, represent the historical Socrates, right? And then these, okay. all these others, to one degree or another, are removed from that version. And then also when you look at wow. kind of... Because these are all clustered around the actual historical details of Socrates' death, like some things yeah. he did, some people he visited, the trial, the um, the jailing, the execution. Mm-hmm. These are all themes in, in as plot points in the stories. Right. In the ones that we think really have to do with Socrates, the person, more than Socrates, the character. In a lot of these others that don't have details about Socrates' 
life trajectory in them where he's just a character, could be anywhere, could okay. be anytime talking about stuff. Seems like he's more often a mouthpiece for this later wow. platonic work, which is what it's that work, not Socrates. Interesting. But it's that work that became deeply influential for Christianity, for example, right, from Augustine in the first century or fourth century, I guess, and then onward. So, I mean, this is really um, it's it's Plato's work with bringing Socratic investigation and Socratic ideas about things like definition and virtue and stuff like that. Bringing that forward, that that's a one very useful part of Plato. The other very part, useful part of Plato is the influence that the theory of the world of forms had upon subsequent thinkers ah. like Augustine and just so many others for the you know that made Whitehead go, oh yeah, okay. footnotes to Plato. I got it. Okay, wow. So folks, you just learned more about Plato than maybe you wanted. Probably. That happens just about every time I open my mouth on Plato. Was Brian informing you against your will? Well, but you know what? You know what? I find it interesting. I appreciate that. Okay. Yeah, it's nice to have nerdy friends. It is, isn't it? We like to hear your nerdy stuff. Okay, speaking of which, you ready for the first quote? I can't wait. Okay, who said it? Bono or Plato? Ready? First one. Life must be lived as play. Life must be lived as play. Yeah, P-L-A-Y. Yeah. Is that from Play-Doh? <laughs> it's from Plato. Aha, uh-huh, okay, okay. What, what would he mean by that? Well, I, Life you know. Life must be lived as play. I, 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 outside of, I have to say that. It's too much out of context? Plato's concept of play is not an area in which I have expertise. <laughs> and so I'm just going to go. If you said if you said life depends on justice or so, I could get I Yeah. I, he wouldn't say that. But I mean, life I, you know. Life must be lived as play. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I do. I Playful? do. Well, I do think that, you know, Plato does believe very strongly that for most of us, we don't actually know the truth of reality. So it might be the case that under those conditions, we should cultivate some kind of a spontaneity mm. or something like okay. that. But you know what I'm doing right now? It's that making it up. You're it's making to- your have, your gloss. I, just, I, I would yeah, have I, to know. I would have to know right. the context. Yeah. Maybe could you give could you give us the particular dialogue that these came <laughs> from? Also, is that now we're moving on to the next one? Right, okay, ready? Sure. Next one. The less you know, the more you believe. Mm, huh? the, le- the less you know, the more you believe. Well, I mean, that could still be Plato, maybe. Which one do you think? I don't know. I don't know. I guess I'm going to go with Plato again. Bono. Bono. Bono said that. That's okay. The less you know, the more you believe. So from a critical thinking angle, yeah, how yeah. I how the reason I like that as a yeah. critical thinker, the less you know, that I think how I read that is... When you don't really have solid information, then you move into faith and belief. Yep. Sure. Because you don't you don't have good solid knowledge. Mm-hmm. So we as human beings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, so Bono said that. What what wow, he's what is he like philosopher junior? Like what's going on with him? Philosopher junior, that yeah. doesn't sound bad, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. Hey, he's doing fine. All right, next one. You can discover more about a person in an hour of play than in a year of conversation. (laughs) (laughs) 
If it's Plato, I don't know anything about it. How's that? <laughs> it's Plato. Yeah, get out of here with this. Yeah, you and, can is this from, more. <laughs> is this stuff from Republic? Like, what is this? What dialogue is this from? I hate to tell you, but I pulled it off the interwebs. I know that, <laughs> but I don't know where they pulled it from, this business uh, about play and I Plato. You know what? I from the Timaeus, I know. I know I should have spent more time with Timaeus. Timaeus, that's it. Yeah. Ah, oh, Timaeus again. You can discover more about a person in an hour. What? What's Plato talking and about? And the Phaedrus. In an hour of play than in a year of conversation. I think we should check our Zen in the art of motorcycle <laughs> maintenance. That's where Plato gets processed into these forms. And really? Yeah, I haven't read that yeah. in 25 years. I've never read that. Okay, next one. We thought that we had the answers. It was the questions we had wrong. And I wait <laughs> without you. <laughs> with or without. With or without question. <laughs> with or without questions. <laughs> is, is, it, is it Bono? Yes, it ah, good. is. Yeah, I'm glad. I was channeling something there. We thought that we had. It's, it almost sounds like sound li- song lyrics. We I, thought I we know. had the everything, answers. Everything the man says just sounds like sound lyrics. It's just all art. It's all art. We thought we had the answers. It was the questions we had wrong, which doesn't really mean anything. Oh, God. <laughs> there are two things a person should never be angry at, what they can help and what they cannot. It's got to be Plato. Yes. What? Okay, I'm going to read it again. you got to tell me what he means. Yeah. There are two things a person should never be angry at, what they can help and what they cannot. What, what, is, he, what is he saying? So one thing that I learned a very long time ago about yes. philosophy yeah. is that – There is just no way to figure out what one sentence means by itself. (laughs) Like just like these things. I can I can just imagine some of my mentors sitting at her going, oh, don't go for it. No, just don't. You don't know. You can't know unless you recognize it. You can't know. That's the way I feel right now. It's like, do I know anything about that? No. Can I BS it? Oh, yeah. (laughs) I sure can. But, I mean, who paid their entry fee to hear that, right? I mean, we're definitely definitely not going to do that to you. I... When Plato says stuff like that, right? There are two things a person should never be angry at: what they can, what they can help, and what they cannot. Well, I mean, when Plato <laughs> says anything like that, there are pages and pages that unpack that, right? Each one, each half of that dichotomy. <laughs> I suppose that in Plato like, he would like say it's a, each. it's a dilemma. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna take each horn of the dilemma, and we're gonna You're just gonna like deep dive, just. Like, like, go after every every bit of it and fig- <laughs> unpack every bit of it. And then at the end, we'll realize that we really can't know. So that's what I so think. So you'll read 20 to 30 pages and about one sentence. And then at the end, it'll be like, but we cannot really know. No one can really know. That, that does sometimes happen. Or if it's Plato, he'll say, and then, of course, that's what's really happening. And you go, wait. Wait, and you're flipping back like, what the hell did I miss? How, what's really happening? What's, how do I know that? And then, and you still don't know. And so you have to go and get like some old crusty person to come back and tell you, oh, well, you see, actually, Barnes, you have to read, if you would have read the Timaeus, I've told you how many times to read the Timaeus, you would know that's the key to understanding this dialogue. Oh, my God. So, yeah. This is why I 
this is one of the many reasons I did not major in philosophy. Well, I mean, when you really get into philosophy at, at a graduate level, it's the, the problem is smart people can read anything and make a meaning out of it. And so can people who aren't real smart. I mean, you can just take any words and make meaning. <laughs> and so when you have a sentence, this used to, this used to drive me insane. What? Absolutely insane when I worked in restaurants. Yeah. Because you would invariably have somebody who had who had never studied philosophy, right? Who had who works, you know, in the restaurant somewhere and they found out that I, you know, went to graduate school in philosophy, you know, was going to graduate school in philosophy. They want to talk about they're like, "Hey, I got Let's this. Talk about the Timaeus. <laughs> Usually, almost every time it was Nietzsche. Hey, I read, really? I read Nietzsche. I read this Nietzsche, and I'd go, which one? They'd say, what do you mean, which one? <laughs> which say, okay, okay, go ahead. <laughs> so, so you read Nietzsche, right? And they're like, yeah. And he said this, and I'd go, okay. And then they tell me what it meant, but they only, their interpretation was only confined to those two sentences. Like like if you had read any... Like a fortune cookie or something. Like right? a fortune cookie. Like right. if I just unpack this fortune cookie as far as I can, just with every bit of mental power that I have, turn this fortune cookie into 400 pages of text. That's what they would do over two or three drinks. And, I would, and they would want me to comment. And I'd just be or thinking, what the hell it? are they talking about? Well, I would always think, God, I'm so stupid. I don't know. I didn't know Nietzsche said that. And I'd go back to my advisor or, or my teachers and I'd right. say, what about this? And they'd say, Barnes, what's wrong with you? Didn't you read the Timaeus or whatever, <laughs> you know? And I go, oh, well, of course. But when you're there at the bar, you can't say, what's wrong with you? Like, you, you don't even know there are other Nietzsche books. Like, there's, there's a whole bunch. And, and they just look at it. They're like, oh, well, you don't really – I guess you don't really understand Nietzsche. It's like, wait a minute. I'm not trying – I'm just telling you there's more. We can't do it all here. So wow. this is this is what I they feel like we're doing like here. Yeah, we are kind of doing that. But it's supposed to be for fun, though. Well, the thing is, if I recognize it, I will try to unpack it. But if I don't know it, I just, I, yeah. oh. I'm, I'm, I'm giving you some bad flashbacks. Well, no, it's just I think, you know, they're they're out there. Those, um, those, those teachers of yore, they're out there judging they me. They could be listening right now and going, Oh my God! Revoke his PhD. At least right now. Okay. At least. Hey. Hey. Good question. What you got? Have you ever? <laughs> I forgot we. We're not just talking. The mic is on. <laughs> we're actually recording. <laughs> Folks, we actually do talk like this. That Brian last, and I do. That last twenty minutes was it was just Patty <laughs> thinking the mic was off. We were just having a conversation. She gave me some coffee and just started talking. It's okay. Okay. This, the light, the light's on. Does anyone ever go? There it is. There Does anyone ever say to you, oh, my gosh, you're a philosopher. What is the meaning of life? Does yeah. anyone ever ask you that? I mean, occasionally I've heard something like that. And I am dying to know what you say. Uh, maybe I tell them. I, well, I've, ha I've had two responses, I guess, in the past. One is yes. that you would make your own meaning. Right. Which, okay, Which valid. is in line with... You know, some philosophical approaches. Yes, it is, because we did a whole show yeah. about a month ago. Probably on the Bono's. Of life. Probably. That's probably where he's at. <laughs> and then uh, and then I think that uh, and then I, I say that, um, you know, it's it, it's not easy to follow the path that's been laid out with regard to what goodness is. So if you want to do that, it's it's you know, if you want to follow any particular path that has a lot of challenges. But I personally think that all of them are, you know, just made up. Interesting. Yep. Interesting. But and then they go, oh, and walk away. Very much. People their, their are like, people are disappointed. Oh, yeah. Then they go, oh. I remember I was at a party one time. A friend of mine, 
I was visiting a friend out of town and she took me to a party and she'd been talking me up to all these people like, oh, my friend's coming to town. He's, he's, he's like, blah, 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 blah. And, and I came to this I came to this party and they had a room yeah. in this house where they had written quotes on every surface in the room, every what? wall, baseboard, windowsill, really? piece of, just, just full. Random of, quotes? Yeah, just, just quotes. Yeah. And so they took me over to the bar and said, this is where all the philosophy is. Give us your favorite philosophy quote. <laughs> it's like, uh, okay. And the only one I could think of was this one from Aristotle about how hard it is to be good, and it's really short. And so yeah. I wrote it down there, and the person looked at it and went, that's it? And I said, I said, yeah, that that one's really meaningful for me. And I told a story about my, you know, professor yeah. kind of unpacking that, and yeah. and he just shook his head, and he just said, well, that's dumb, <laughs> and walked away. And I was like, oh, well, that's all my philosophy training wow. down the tubes. I don't know. He, well, what was the? You got to tell us the quote now. Well, that was it. It was just it was just that you know something. Something blah, blah, blah. It's no easy task to be good. good? Something oh. like that. I don't remember the first part, but yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, I tried to I tried to distance I myself from it as much as possible after that. I had, <laughs> had no idea it was done. You were like, wow. Okay, well, you know, I got a PhD in English, and I just get a lot of grammar questions. So. Oh, that's good. That's what English is, after <laughs> all. I have trouble with commas. Tell me what your secret I'm is. I'm waiting. You know what I'm waiting for? Huh. 2 a.m. to get a text from someone to say, I just finished this Herman Melville story, and I don't know what it means. I'm having a crisis. <laughs> I, folks, I am waiting for somebody to have a literature crisis, and okay. I can help them. Okay, so we need to have a quiz like like uh, like Melville or Mandefort, something like something that. Like yeah, that. who who wrote yeah. it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Although the, the Melville quotes, we might need... Several pieces of paper. It might give it away. <laughs> I am just waiting for somebody to want to hear my wisdom. Okay. Okay. And, so and so my training to make it relevant. So you have some you have some really hot hot takes yeah. on Billy Budd and this kind of thing. <laughs> Bartleby the Scrivener. Can't wait. All right, we got more quotes. Let's have it. This is supposed to be about you, not me. Oh well, I mean, you know, or, you it's know. it's our it's, it's our show. Comrade. It's a free flowing. Sure. Ready? Yeah. Ready. Facts. Like people want to be free. Mm. And when they're free, liberty is usually around the corner. Let me say it again. It's Facts. Bono. <laughs> it's no need. That's so far from Plato. What in the hell? Plato's like, what are you? T- what language was that? Facts like people want to be free. Uh-huh. And when they're free, liberty is usually around the corner. What the? Spoken like a true celebrity? He's an a millionaire? No, he's an activist. He's an activist. He acts you know, like people want to be free. Yeah. When they're free, liberty is usually around the corner. Free, inf- free information, free freedom free. of movement, freedom of when They want to be free and when they're free. So like when people have good information, then liberty is around the corner. Then they can act toward the greater good maybe. Maybe that's what he means. Freedom. Freedom of thought, freedom of expression. Freedom of everything. Freedom of everything. Wow, that does sound, ooh, wow. Well, I okay. mean, that sounds pretty idealistic, but Bono, Plato you know. would not, Plato would not. No. <laughs> <laughs> we're as free as we're going to be. Okay, ready? Next mm-hmm. one. Love, quote unquote, uh-huh. is the name for our pursuit of wholeness, for our desire to be complete. Plato. Okay, now what, he's, he, what is he channeling Eric from? That's from the I Timaeus. Mean, no, from no, the, it's not. <laughs> that's from, that's from, um. Symposium. Love is the name for our pursuit of home. Okay, now what does he mean? Well, in the symposium, which is this 
drinking party um, where a bunch of dudes sit around, including Socrates, and talk about they give little speeches about their version of love, what ideal their understanding of the ideal version of love is. Yeah. So. Oh, that's wow. That would be an interesting drinking thing for you. To it's a it's a hundred pages, and I encourage everyone to go through love it with a bottle of wine and some for friends. For our pursuit of wholeness, for our desire to be complete. Wow. So Socrates says Socrates. In his speech, yes. in that, all, yes. all of it's written by Plato, but right. at any rate, Socrates' speech says that human beings are, he tells a myth. So we don't, it, it's difficult to know whether this is what Socrates would have actually thought, but, but he, he, it, the character Socrates relays this myth about, the, uh, about human beings originally when they were created having male and female parts like souls got it in addition to physicality and then they were split by the gods okay and now we struggle to find our other half in life sounds very heteronormative well okay um it well i i think or maybe not well i think that it was i think that that you connected well with a lot of other pieces. It's just that one of them was your soulmate. And so I could be wrong about the gender, the gendered part of it, but I, I do very much think that it was in the story that it may have been male. Even though, like, Plato certainly didn't have those sorts of concerns. For Plato, the ultimate... The ultimate um, expression of love was definitely between two adult males, and you know, mm, male really? male and female love could not compete. Really, yeah. for for Plato, right? Why? What was? Because women are too dumb for oh. Plato, and they can't give men appropriate intellectual companionship for life. Well, you need another man for that. that. The gods, I think, for Plato. Ow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Well, of course, from the very patriarchal. And women, oh women yeah. Women were not educated. And well, women in Athens, women were often educated if they were elite. Right. Um, but even then, it, they were educated in the home and mostly for domestic stuff. And right. Yeah, you didn't have a lot of um, strong mm. female leaders or whatever running around that place for exemplars. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a misog. I mean, Plato's a terrible misogynist. So is Aristotle. We talked about this before. I mean, there's no question at all. But, mm. but with regard to the love thing, this is where you get that that business about soulmates. Like this is the this is the Got source it. for that. Oh, is this is this, this idea about soulmates story in the symposium? Right, that okay. the soulmate. You're split, and you spend the rest of your and you connect with others, and you know you sort of set apart. And sometimes you won't find your soulmate. But the good news is that when all of us die for Plato, we all go to the world of the forms and hang out there with the perfect tree and the perfect triangle and whatever else, and then we're reincarnated into a new body, and then we can try to look again. Really, forever. We incarnate infinitely, no escape. Wow. So. You know, we'll see you next time. He was a little bit weirder than I thought. Well, he had, you know, he ideas. Some, yeah, had some, he had some rad, rad ideas. Well, they're, you know, everything that we're doing is just footnotes to that. So apparently, enjoy. Apparently. Yeah. It's tough not to know how, you know, how limited we are. Okay, the next quote. Hmm. It's stasis that kills you off in the end, not ambition. So <laughs> I think. Yes. That you're throwing me off here because you're using this Greek word. Ah. See? You think I'm throwing you off. 
I mean, or I think that Bono is being pretentious. Okay. Okay. But it could be the case. What is it? Stasis? It's not stasis. It's stasis that kills you off in the end, not ambition. Well, on the other hand. Yes. Spoken like an aristocrat. Oh. Hmm. Mm. See, we're hearing your thinking. You're, you're, you're well, the problem your is, the problem is the whole, if it was Plato, the whole thing was written in Greek. Okay. So some pretentious person just chose not to, not to translate the, the one word. Stasis. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Which is an, also an English word. Used but, in English. But. <sighs> okay. Hmm. See, we're hearing his thinking. Hmm. Right? It's a tough one. Stakes are high. It's like $1,000. on you getting this right. Whoa. Huh. I didn't know that. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I'm going to go I'm going to go with Plato. It's Bono. Yeah. <laughs> I talked myself out of it. You just heard you just heard my critical thinking trap. You heard me trip over myself. It's stasis that kills you off in the end, not him. I mean, it sounds like a thing that Bono. It, sa- it sounded initially like a thing Bono yeah, would say, but I just I got hung up on that. Stasis guy, yeah. Got well, me. you know, part of the fun of this quiz, the rest of us, is watching you squirm a little. Oh, that is that's part of the fun. For I hope us. I hope that this is fun. <laughs> I hope this is fun for all listeners. I put myself out there as the as the model. Yeah, and you know what? You can give me a quiz anytime you want. I know you keep saying that, and I, I, I have to create them. Yeah, you gotta yeah. you gotta try to come up with something. Maybe while you're on vacation. Mm. Yep. Maybe you and the listeners will make one up while I'm gone. Please send me your ideas at Critical Thinking for Everyone on Facebook. Please. We would love to hear. Please, about it. I won't log in and I'll let Brian look. <laughs> right on. Yeah, she's on vacation. She won't. The know. next one. Yeah. Ready? Huh? Human behavior flows from three main sources: desire, emotion, and knowledge. That's Plato. Yes. Ding, yeah. ding, ding. Sure. What was, what was he speaking of? He was talking about um, the, so how, how we know things. Okay, let me read it again. Human behavior flows from three main sources, desire, emotion, and knowledge. Yeah, so we act and yeah. we know based upon um, these three parts of the self, right? Desire? What part of the self is that? Desire. Well, well, it's hard for Plato because there's the physical and there's the mental and the all of these emotional, spiritual um, parts are wrapped up with the mental. Okay. They don't really break out into a separate three-part thing until Aristotle. Mm. So, I mean, you can talk about these as separate pieces, but for Plato, it's they're kind of lumped together in this in this group. And and emotions for him, I guess maybe straddle the line a little bit into the physical, but he doesn't have a theory of like emotions being driven by chemicals in the body and stuff like that. So it's really a thing that's going on in the on the kind of mental spiritual side of people. Okay. You yeah. you know your Plato. I, I gotta give you that. Yeah, well again I gotta give you that. I could be making it up. <laughs> it's impossible to know maybe at this at this point. I'm hoping people are still with us. Anyone. If anyone's out there, feel free <laughs> to let us know. All right. One more quote. All right. The most effective kind of education is that a child should play amongst lovely things. Huh. Huh. child should play amongst lovely, lovely things. things. What a, gosh, what a thought. I mean, <laughs> the fluttering of the butterflies are in my ear as I speak. I'm thinking of the sunlight. Um... Oh, 
Is it Plato? Yes. Ah, this okay. whole play thing. Play, Plato. Yeah, definitely. There's definitely a play, a play Plato. Thing. Like, is this an line. essay about play? Maybe? Well, somebody somebody who took these quotes really cared about that, that very narrow um, <laughs> <laughs> aspect of Plato. Yeah, they yeah. really did. Yeah. Um, well, I think you do pretty good, pretty well on the quiz. I appreciate that. I got to give oh. you props. I mean, it was fun. I appreciate you putting them together for sure. Um, so, did we learn anything? Did we learn anything? We learned that there are a lot of aspects to Plato, and that maybe we don't know very much about Bono. Yeah, Bono. I don't know. I'm sure he's full of good ideas, but I don't. You know, maybe he puts it out in his music. I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure that Bono's doing fine with or without you. <laughs> I'm sure he's doing really well. I'm yeah. sure he's doing really fine. Yeah. So um, I do enjoy these quizzes. Good. I really do. Good. I hope you enjoy them. I do. I'm really glad that you do them. <laughs> um, I want to bring up a contemporary yes. news item. Yes, please. I don't know please. if you know what happened today. What's the big news item today? This is uh, uh, July 20th. Do you mean the anniversary of something today or something that happened something today? Something that happened today. Is it related to COVID? I mean, everything's related to COVID, <laughs> but not per se. Um, I don't know what happened today. I've been living in a bubble in my office. Speaking of which, Jeff Bezos launched <gasps> himself to space That's right. with the oldest and youngest astronauts and his brother. It was like 15 minutes or four something Four minutes like that? in space. Four minutes. 20-minute round trip. How much did he pay for that privilege? A lot. A lot. It's his own rocket. But so here's so here's a conversation that I have with with people yes. about this topic. Yes. Bezos. Space tourism. Bezos and Musk and others. Yes. They have the ability to go to space and to do things like harvest minerals off of meteorites. Okay. Which then, when they bring those back to Earth, the abundance will drive the price of those minerals down. Okay. Which will create lots of opportunities for people who can't afford those minerals to innovate the various kinds of... Toward what end? Toward what end? Toward... um, uh, like making they? technology and a better life available to everyone on the planet. Okay, so that's a positive outcome. Yeah, because if we so so what I'm so what I'm being led to believe, I guess, by this is that by this reasoning is that if these people didn't go to space and and develop the infrastructure that you need to travel back and forth right. to space then they wouldn't be able to take advantage of these harvesting activities, which will ultimately benefit everyone. So that justifies sending, building a private space program out of my money as opposed to just taking my money and trying to address... Like world, big world problems about climate change. Right. What What we're doing is we're, we're going and we're, we're, 
creating new opportunities with the stuff that's out there in space. For example, for example, manufacturing. So, so right now we got dudes going up there in rockets. Right. Pretty soon those dudes will put little space stations up there. And then when they go and harvest the minerals off of the asteroids, right. right, they'll just bring them back to their space station and they'll do all of the toxic pollution-based construction there. And then it won't pollute the earth. It'll just roll so out like in space. lower carbon footprint thing. Okay, well, okay, so... Is solves this the, trying to solves the is manufacturing this trying to make a, a retroactive justification for his peccadillo of a rich man? Is that peccadillo what this is? Of a, this is a family show. Excuse me. <laughs> Excuse me. We can't. Hello, is this thing on? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. No, is is that what he's trying to do? It's like I want to go to space, so let me try to come up with some you're, justification. You're creating a rationalization. Sounds, is that what that sounds like? What's going on? No, this is the long-term vision being exposed. He's Jeff Bezos is saying this. These are commentators saying that these this is part of some of the long-term visioning for these billionaire entrepreneur oh. slash philanthropists. Oh, okay. So they're like, I want to go to space. So how can I also make it look good? That's a cynical way to look at it. It's more like, yeah, it's more like um, Andrew Carnegie thought railroads were neat. Yeah. So he eventually created the position, created a market with steel and railroads such that they were more accessible and affordable to more people. Uh, I see. And then they built libraries with all this extra money he had. And there was more commerce, which benefited everyone as a result of those activities. I guess, I guess, I didn't see it that way because if that was needed, NASA could be doing that. See, what you're missing is that we in this culture want the great man to succeed. We are seeing the great man theory of history play out once again. The rich white man saying, I'm bored and I've got a lot of money. No, he's saying, how can I do something Good with that will help everyone while building important things? Why don't you just create a way to control climate? Well, you know, maybe this will, you know, when we get manufacturing up in space, That'll, that'll so then we do. won't have then to. We, can we won't have. And once we get the products, you know, the the car, the bulldozer, the yeah. whatever produced in space, we can just ship it down here. Oh, that's the thinking. Like we have a factory in space, like a giant Amazon warehouse factory thing in space. Well, maybe a fa- like any kind of manufacturing, right? Because because you know, there's so much negative impact with the manufacturing here on the planet. Okay. So this this helps us get all that dirty stuff off the planet. Out in space, they can't hear you pollute. <laughs> okay. I just have to say, this is reminding me of a novel that I read by Michelle Faber, F-A-B-E-R. And I'm trying to remember the name of the novel. But what he did is it was a dystopian view. And it was one company owned the entire planet Earth. Okay. And they had colonized. They were starting <clears throat> to colonize and send 
and, and found life on another planet. And they were sending people from Earth to develop and colonize and work with these aliens that lived on this. Sure. But it was one company. And okay. then the book, as the book goes on, it's told the protagonist is this guy from England who gets sent to the colony and to help kind of. And while he's gone, climate change, the Earth starts to, like, destroy itself. Like, you know, rains and floods, and it starts to, like, he's emailing. Email is part of this dystopia. He's yeah, emailing yeah. back, and they're yeah. all like, oh, everything's underwater and blah, blah, blah. And so now that novel, now you're starting to, I'm starting to feel like it's sort of channeling a little bit dy- dystopian. Well, the difference is, of course, that in the real world, this will be really good <laughs> for everybody. <laughs> See? I mean, in your fictional dystopian world, of course, there are all these negatives. So here's the big philosopher question. Okay. All right. Okay, big, big philosopher ready? question. Yeah. If you had 300, $350 billion like Jeff Bezos, yep. what would you do with it to improve the world? What would I do with it to or improve just, the world? What would you do with it? Um, if I had 300 think about billion, that. Like one I of the richest it? people on the I mean, the I do think, I do think that um, it is possible with a very small fraction of that money, my understanding is you could um, provide clean water to everyone on the planet. I mean that. I mean, and right. the and the infrastructure for that right. free of charge. Right. So, I mean that would that would you know that would be a big deal. I would want to do that. I would want to. Um, I would want to try to do some things so that other people maybe. I don't know that I would be on the forefront what of going to space. Yeah, she gives away She's a lot of money. She's giving away a lot of money at this very grassroots level to yep. all these organizations. I mean, that's amazing. Yep, yep, yep. She right? should be celebrated for sure, but but he went to space. I mean, Okay, so I haven't seen the news about what he had to say about it. Uh, I don't know what he had to say about it either. I just saw the the launch. Mm. Mhm. Space tourism, how do we feel about it? Well, um, so I've been talking to some people about this. And so um, they're saying that because of the innovations that make space tourism possible, it will cut down the travel times for all of us as we stop using jets to travel and start using rockets. Wait a minute. So how are rockets more... Um, green are greener than a jet. Well, what we have in the past, of course, is flo- throwaway rockets, right? But right. what we could do is we could find ways to translate the emerging rocket innovations back into passenger transit. See, I mean, that's kind of what Branson is doing. Like he's he's really having this this idea of people just taking a ride up into the upper, you know, orbit. And then coming back, which is what he did. I don't know whenever that was a month but wait, ago. Wait, is it is it just to go into space, or is it to go somewhere else on the planet? But the thing, well, the point is, is that you end up going, you end up using the same routes to go into space, and the same sorts of technology that you would for a long flight to another oh, spot. But how is it? But you don't. But you don't have the landing part and all the customer service part and all the, all the infrastructure, airports. We don't have all that right, right. now. But you. But the point is that. If you did have all that, if you, I mean, just if yeah, we just imagine, right. if we had a way to land it with right. the people on it, we could take um, a flight that 
I mean, the way that this right. has sort of been explained to me, and uh, you may yeah. you may see that I don't have all the math quite right. nailed down, but the way it's been explained to me is that, you know, if we're used to some of these flights around the world, for example, taking, you know, 15, 20 hours, something like right. that, maybe, maybe we can do it in uh, 20 minutes. But, okay, so that's the advantage to me as the passenger, but how fuel-wise or gas house... Uh, green greenhouse gas emissions. Yeah, yeah. How how does that stack up? So I mean, so I asked this question. I was told that when you talk about rocket fuel, well, first yes. of all, jet fuel burns almost completely. I was told. Really? You get very really? little. Not much emission. Not much emission with jet fuel, like you do with automobiles, really? right? Really? And rockets apparently take that to another level where you get very little course then it does it it does create some dissonance when you watch the launch and suddenly like that's a bunch of pollution there on the launch pad Hello, i mean yes. i'm i'm just yeah. wondering, like yeah. so but i guess when you talk about the actual like like outside of the launch i guess once you just have the thing flying apparently you don't get the kind of emissions that you get for example from a passenger jet like not like like much less because it burns so much hotter. Okay, so what you're saying is we may be on the brink of a transportation revolution similar to like when cars overtook trains or planes overtook cars for long-distance transportation. Yep. You're saying we may be on the brink of rockets overtaking airplanes yep. as the most preferred mode to get to send people from one part of the country or world to another. Absolutely. That is that is what I am being uh, that is what is being suggested to me by people who are in the know. Okay, well guess what? That sounds fascinating. And we live right near an airport. Maybe that could be a incubator for rocket flight. And you think the noise is bad now? Just oh, wait. Our neighbors, <laughs> some of our neighbors who cannot stand that airplane. Oh man! I'm I'm told Let's that all the we front end of this. Let's yeah, I'm told that all end. we have to do is uh, just get the number off of the rocket, and we can call in, and we can call in and make a complaint. They'll they'll <laughs> register the noise complaint. That's what I'm told. Wow, I can't wait to get my silver jumpsuit. Yeah. That is yeah, be, I'm excited about that. Well, you know, they say that in our that you know, in the next twenty years or so it'll become more accessible to regular humans like you and me. Wow. I hope we're still around. And we hope that you're still around as well listening to this show. I mean, in 20 years, uh, you could be a, you could be a real long-term listener. By the way, just in case, we want to thank you for your your long-term support of our show. Um, the last the last 20 years have been really exceptional. So um, we hope that you have a great week, and thanks so much for listening to Critical Thinking. And we think that Critical Thinking, like maybe spaceflight, is for everyone. Even you. 